Kingston, your producer and fourth chair panelist. Joining me in the first chair is Pastor Ben Kingston. Dad, what is the past, what, sorry, is there a past New Year's resolution that you kept? Last year, uh, I basically committed to um, a personal holiness challenge and then a quiet time every day. And so, I mean, I'm 57. I finally kept one. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Good. No, that's perfect. Thank you. In the next chair, or the second chair, is Dr. Gavin Hooks. Uncle Gavin, is there a past New Year's resolution that you have been able to keep? There's been probably a half a dozen over the years. One, one this year is getting my life in order. <laughs> so, <laughs> Such a broad oh, one, though, is difficult. Get, getting the, the piles. Wait a minute. You didn't have the infamous stuff. angelic <laughs> visit. Get your house in order, did you? <laughs> no, no. Okay, I'm I just started walking know. around the piles the in the garage up. and in the basement, you know. Yeah, what kind so, of order are we talking about here? And, and I've got a good start on it. Good. Just up way Hallelujah. <laughs> well, we're January 11th, so we're yep, looking good so far. January. Um, and lastly is Ryan in the third chair. Ryan, is there a past resolution you've kept? So I fall into the uh, anti-New Year's resolution. <laughs> yes! <laughs> kept that one. Not anti-resolution, but just specifically for New Year's. Sure. But uh, so one that was not a New Year's resolution, but a resolution was uh, a couple years ago, I decided, you know, every day beyond what I have to do, you know, like go to work, do laundry, all that kind of stuff. I was going to do something to improve myself every single day. Mm. And that lasted for a good long while. I haven't been doing it here lately, but right, right, right. It, it it helped. It Amen. Was, it was very beneficial. Amen. Cool. That's You've good kept stuff. the re- resolution not to have New Year's rela- resolution. Yes, that's that, that one's <laughs> going yeah. strong. Yeah. Well, that's a great one. I well, isn't your, you know, what would the word be, your stand on that essentially that if it's good enough for the new year, you should go ahead and make it now. Exactly. If, if you if Why you're if it's December and you yeah. think I need to do this, but I'm going to wait till New Year's, it's just an excuse at that or, point. Or what if you come up with it in February? Now you got to wait 11 oh, months. Exactly. Oh, it's just an yeah. excuse not to change now. Yeah. Yeah. All right, All, go ahead. Awesome. All good answers. Um, I asked this question to the detriment of my character because uh, I have never liked making goals or resolutions. So I'm not just just no resolutions at all of any kind <laughs> because the inevitable imminent failure lurking in the near future. I had fun writing that in my notes. Um, so I have truthfully never kept a New Year's resolution because I never made one. So um, if anyone in the Perfect audience. Record. Right. What? Perfect record. Per- yes, exactly. There you go. If you never make a goal, you'll never fail wait, one. Wait a minute. Was that a New Year's resolution? <laughs> Not to, to make, make any? Right. No. Oh, okay. Just checking. No. <laughs> I have something in the outro that goes with that. So oh, perfect. <laughs> okay. Um, so if anyone in the audience would like to share your New Year's resolutions that you have been able to keep, you can text now the number. Now they're all ashamed of making <laughs> <laughs> Send them in. <laughs> Don't check my work. Yes, please send them in, and um, we'll read them throughout the show. And if anyone is listening to this later online on our Facebook page, you can write it in the comments and like and share the post so everyone else can join in on the fun. Uh, so we are going to go ahead and start our first segment, which, like I said, is Ephesians chapter 3. We're starting in verses 8 through 13, which is um, – when I was listening to, oh, well, now his name, John MacArthur, I listened to half of his sermon on these verses, so I have half of the knowledge I should for this. But um, he talked about how this these verses are actually like a break in his sit- sentence. So Paul starts with saying that I'm getting ready to pray and then says these sentences and then goes back into his prayer. Um, so this is a break in his thought. So well, that was a little aside there. 
Well, so the verses read, unto me, who am less than the least of all saints, is this grace given, and of course I've got all my parentheses in here, that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ, and to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the world hath been hid in God, who created all things by Jesus Christ, to the intent that now unto the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be known by the church. The manifold wisdom of God according to the eternal purpose which he purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence by the faith of him. Wherefore, I desire that you faint not at my tribulations for you, which is your glory." And the pauses that I put there were where I put my parentheses to, you know, to give my commentary, if you will. And as I do that, guys, you, you give your commentary about that particular verse uh, or talk about what, what I've said here. So unto me, who am less than the least of all saints. First, my first gut response to that was, is that statement true? You know, and, and as I worked through it, my first thought was, that it can't, that can't be true. It's not. You don't think so? You don't no, think? I, well, I think it's a good attitude, and that's what I was yeah, thinking right, about right, it, right. is that, you know, that's one of the most encouraging verses in the Bible for me, that someone for Paul to say that I'm he feels himself sad. That's a good, it's a good attitude to have. Amen. And, and so I thought along those lines, and, and I think that's accurate. I really do. I, there's probably a, lots of answers to this particular, but, but, you know, the preacher part of me, and maybe even uh, if I've got any smidgen of theologian in me, Asked the question, if the Holy Spirit led him to say this, maybe he was. If you think about his history running up to becoming a Christian. Yeah, he's a murderer. Murdering Christians. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> not, yeah just not just your run, rank of the pile murderer. <laughs> <laughs> murdering Christians, little low-down scumbag. So yeah. he might be might have a point. Right. right. And, and so, again, I, I, I'm lower, closer to where Ryan's at from the standpoint of I think that every one of us should have that attitude. I think it's good for us to be so humble to think I'm the chief of sinners. Yeah. And yeah. we know the evidence th against ourselves. That's exactly right. And and I found I discovered this, you know, all growing up, I thought I was a pretty good kid. <laughs> until I got to college and was basically introduced to my <laughs> fleshly side. And I realized, Lord help. Go ahead, Ryan. I was going to say I don't think it's uh we can't really take it too literally either because he says he's less than the least. Well, if there's a least, you can't be less than that. So uh, yeah. I feel like it leans more towards the, uh, the attitude side. Hyperbole. Of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, very good. But, but I just, that, that's a good thing to think about. Yeah. You know, uh, I, I think, and, and we're going to get to this in just a moment. You know, Paul took three years before he entered into ministry mm -hmm. after he got saved. And, and I think that was a guttural three years as he was wrestling with all these, you know, things that he had done and things that he had signed off on. So, so unto me who am less than the least of all saints is this grace given. So, so what is this grace that he's been given in your humble opinion? Not just redemption. Correct. But, but a ministry of bringing redemption to the Gentiles. Correct. Which, which was a mystery up to this point. Uh, so I put in here, he should be punished. He should be being punished for his murder of Stephen. But instead, he's being elevated to the place of the most important aspect of the gospel at this time of world history. Uh, 
And so now whether Paul could have said that at that point, you know, it's hard to say. I mean, I think he probably was trying to say that in his own way. Uh, that and, and he was grateful w with all of the baloney that went with it, with all of the suffering that went with it. He was grateful to be, yeah. I mean, I mean, you know. Prison time, shipwrecked, right. bitten by mm -hmm. snakes. Right. Beaten, uh, how many, two times, left for dead, you know. And so stone. Yeah, stone, right. That I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. Now, now this is where I really think it, it, it gets rich. Uh, how did he know they were unsearchable? Spent that seven years right. searching. Right. And, and that's, that's, I really believe that, that that's where it happened. Uh, he, he was searching the riches of Christ. He was like, okay, this is newfound faith. What, what does it mean? And, of course, you know, Paul had the advantage of an Israeli upbringing where he had, hopefully lovingly, but had uh, the law and prophets put into his head. You know, he, he prayed the Shema every night. Uh, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, mind, and strength. You know, he and prayed he, that every night. And I day. mean, I think they had to memorize the first five books of the Bible right. too. Right, the, the Pentateuch. And rewrite them. Right, and, and so, uh, but but now, you know, all those years of his upbringing and and his adulthood, that was that was his gospel. That was how he was going to make it to heaven because he was a good little student of Scripture. Well, now he realizes that all that scripture is about Christ. You know, um, who was it? Uh, W.A. Criswell that wrote The Scarlet Thread of Redemption. Uh, that's a really cool story. Um, W.A. Criswell, pastor at First Baptist Church Dallas for years and years and years. And he would always whine and complain about that an hour was not enough to preach the word. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. So one particular New Year's service, they always had a New Year's watch night, and he would always preach. And they told him several months before, you're going to not have any time limit. You could preach as long. We're, we're bringing in the new year, you know. I think he went on record for preaching seven hours. Wow. It became a book. The Scarlet Thread of Redemption. Wow. So he went from Genesis to Revelation, mm -hmm. bringing Christ, you know, out of each book. And, and it, it's cool. Wow. It, you can buy it still to this day. Uh, but but that, that I think Paul went through that. You know, he started seeing the Scarlet Thread of Redemption in Jesus Christ. So now he's telling the Ephesians, I have been graced with this opportunity, which no Israeli wanted anyone to do uh, before Christ to preach the unsearchable riches of Christ to the Gentiles. Other comments? So the, the word unsearchable kind of perplexes me a little bit. Is it not so unsearchable, you, you can either lean towards it can't be known mm -hmm. or you never come to the end of it. Mm -hmm. That's more what I was saying. You can't Abs find the balance. I would hope that would be yeah, yeah, Well, we know just from, I mean, what, what is the word of God? It's the revelation of God. So we know he wants us to know it. But yeah, I mean, you know, all-knowing, all-powerful, ever-present. We're not going to ever completely, totally Exhaust grasp that. The that's right. God, yeah. I, and I per we'll get to this in a, in a moment, but I personally believe that's what's going to make heaven. Heaven is us learning just continually and forever and ever and ever. All right, so, um, and to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery. Now, we've referred to the mystery several times. The mystery is the fact that the Jews had allowed their eyes to be glossed over with their selfishness and their pride that the Gentiles 
the only way they were going to make it to heaven was to become a proselyte uh, into the Judaism way of keeping the Old Testament laws. Well, and it was also the church. The church was a mystery as well. Correct. They didn't expect Correct. Jesus or God yeah. to come back and live, or not overthrow everyone else and make Israel. You know, Correct. They expected him to come and reign as king on earth. That's right. They were looking at an earthly kingdom. Right. Uh, and, so, and plus, they rejected the cornerstone. You know, right. Jesus was the cornerstone. So that's why he built his church. And, and it was always the plan for everyone to, uh, you know, be saved type deal or to be available to be saved. Uh, so that we, so we know what the mystery is, that Jesus Christ has come not just for the Jew, but for the Gentiles as well. I love how that's run out in our Easter walk each year with Samaritan characters. But let's ask ourselves again, what's the fellowship? He says, and make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery. So if the mystery is the gospel to the Gentiles, what's the fellowship? So it, it, this is a trick question, but it's very simple. It's the reconciliation <laughs> to a family of yeah, God. Yeah, it's, it's God living in the hearts of men, women, boys, and girls. It's a relationship with the God of all of us, but it's and also the Israelis and Gentiles coming together. The fellowship. And, and this is what essentially Paul gave his life for. Paul gave his life to show the Jews, you ain't all by yourself. This, this is about all of us, you know. Um, you talk about a missionary. I mean, he, he went to the people that his people completely rejected. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, let's see here. Can you tell me what verse you're in? Because... Uh, uh, no, I cannot. Oh, okay. <laughs> verse 9, nine. first sentence. For this reason, okay. uh, when I transfer it from the Bible app to my notes, it takes all the numbers away. Got it. <laughs> they think they're so smart at Apple. <laughs> Come on. So anyway, um, <laughs> uh, which from the beginning, I'm going to guess we're in 10 now. Verse, no, verse 9, which from the beginning of the world hath been hid in God who created all things by Jesus Christ to the intent that now unto the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be known by the church. So to some level, Paul is passing the baton here. He was the first, but who is he? What is he? He's a product of the church. He's going there, which is to the Gentiles, to all these places on behalf of the church in Jerusalem. Remember in Acts, the church of Jerusalem Commissioned them, him and Silas first, or no, Barnabas, him and Barnabas first. Uh, and so the church has sent him. Well, he's eventually going to give basically this missionary project back to the churches, you know, because he's only going to live so long. And so now it's our responsibility to continue taking the mystery of the fellowship to all the uttermost parts of the earth. Comments? This is a very confusing verse for me. So it says, the manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church to the principalities and powers in the heavenly places. What is that saying? Like the angels and demons, they don't know what the mystery is, but the church has to let them know. What is, I'm, I'm confused as to what it even means. So the way I read it there, to the intent that now unto the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be known by the church. In other words, the church is understanding that they're not, number one, they're not alone. So they have principalities and powers in heaven to help them. Talked about that Sunday 
that we have an entourage available to us. But then secondly, you also have principalities and powers against us. I got you. Okay. okay. I, I, it must have been a translation sure, issue. Sure, sure. And I'm not going to sit here and say I'm right. I, that's how I... Makes sense now. Yeah, that's how I took it. Um, so uh, that last part there, the manifold wisdom of God according to the eternal purpose which he purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord in whom we have boldness and access with confidence by the faith of him. You know, we face stuff every day, every week, every month. And sometimes, some months, some weeks, some days, it's just fine. Everything's fine. And then, boom, something happens. And if we're not careful, it shakes us, you know. But the reality is, is that if we can grow in our faith and understanding, we should simply come with boldness into the throne room of God and tell him what we need or ask him, what do I need in this case, Lord? I'm kind of on my back right now, you know. I don't know what to think. And, and he loves that. I believe God loves that because that's when God goes to work. Uh, Wherefore, I desire that you faint not at my tribulations for you, which is your glory. Because you see, you have, you have progress is really not the right word, but you have different levels. You know, you, you've got the person that seeks the grace and help of God in their daily struggles. But sooner or later, the Holy Spirit is going to lovingly drag that person into the kingdom work. And so now you're not just coming to God for help for your daily struggles. You're coming to God for help for his struggles in the kingdom. You know, he, he's trying to use you for the kingdom's sake. And that brings its own set of troubles, you know. Uh, and, and, and you're coming to God with boldness, with confidence, asking him, Lord, I know you're about this. I know you want me to accomplish this. So I'm asking you to help me because I'm struggling. And, and, and he, boy, he goes to work in that. And some, some of the phrases from these verses are encouraging. According to the eternal purpose which he purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord, this is an eternal thing that has been on God's whiteboard forever. His plan was for to use the least of all sinners to start his church in the known world at the time. Uh, a person who was trying to destroy that church change his heart and use him to... to accomplish his eternal purposes. He, he can do whatever he wants in someone's life, and, and particularly the person that's yielded to it, uh, surrender to God's eternal purposes. Right down to you, me, and... That's uh, exactly right. Uh, he's not limited. Generation. That's right. Amen. Good stuff. That's all yeah. I got. Any, any last statements from anyone else on the panel? Um, I did have someone text in. You were talking about the seven-hour sermon that happened in New Year's for the Scarlet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Threat of Redemption. Um, Kenny asked, when are you going to do this? <laughs> when are you going to have a seven-hour sermon? I said, don't well, give him any ideas. I'm accused of it every week. <laughs> I'm accused of it every week. Oh, yes. Might as well Victimhood do it. mentality. Yeah. <laughs> okay, let's move on to the next segment, which is our Mount Rushmore of heavenly things or things in heaven. I kind of felt like I might be working from a disadvantage here because I was not here when you guys did the heaven study. So mm. my thoughts of things in heaven are very rudimentary, but I wanted to hear what you guys had this to say. This is a really good ex exercise for me, mental yeah. exercise, really good. Well, would you like to start us off? Well, sure. <laughs> you guys might not have time. If I, if well, I that's, that's okay. So uh, first one to two decades in heaven, 
I'm going to go to the library mm. <laughs> and, and access the real history of the world. Right. And see yeah. things like, uh, these are just things from history that I randomly picked out. Alexander the Great had a mysterious death. Find mm. out what, if he really got sick or if somebody poisoned him. Right, right after he conquered, conquered all the known world, he dies right. at the end of that. Right. Uh, so who shot Kennedy and how they got away with it? There were two shooters. There's got to be two shooters. It was FBI. Yeah, had, and, uh, yes, uh, some other government entities. The, the colony on Roanoke Island. I think they were aiming at Jacqueline for that hairdo person. You're terrible. 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 Sorry. Uh, so the colony on Roanoke Island that dis just disappeared in the 1500s. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, that one's You'll need to cut that out, Brad. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. We're keeping it. <laughs> oh. Did Franco Harris really catch the immaculate reception? <laughs> did the ball hit the ground? Yeah, no, it did not hit the ground. He caught it, and I don't like. The Was speeders. the moon landing real? The, the moon landing real? I'm pretty convinced, convinced that is. That I, I lived through it, so I, I totally bought into it. Of if it course. wasn't real, I'm, a, I'm not going to admit that I was snookered. <laughs> so, uh, a truth. There's going to be a, a culture of truth. Mm -hmm. uh, there's not going to be lying. There's not going to be more sneaking. Sneaking is going to be done. Health. So that, that was one, mm -hmm. but it was number four. Lord help. Number four. <laughs> <Not. It> was, <laughs> that was number four. Number three, health. The, there'll be no more health issues in heaven. Amen. So it'll be, uh, I, I presume, partaking of the tree of life will keep mm. you healthy uh, for, for eternity. Um, number three, my reunited with my family, and I could have listed all my family out here, but it's going right. to be a great reunion with my relatives who are already there. Um, looking forward to that. I've got a lot of lot invested in heaven. I think uh, you know, everybody here does have uh, some investment in heaven. And then to see the, um, s the splendor of my king, uh, the, the ceremonies that will be taking place at that right. last time, the Lord's, uh, the, the uh, marriage supper of the, the lamb, uh, all those ceremonies, the, the silence in heaven, until Jesus stands up and takes the uh, mantle and says, I have reclaimed the title deed of earth. And all those, those are all going to be wonderful. Those are things in heaven that I'm looking forward to. Good. Very good. My list is very similar, actually. Oh, well. Yeah. If you want me to go next, I will. Yeah, go ahead, Ryan. So the first one, no sin, kind of like you're uh, uh, kind of an heir of truth. Mm -hmm. uh, so basically along the same line, seeing Jesus also would be one. And but uh, rather than going to the library, I picked uh, being able to converse with everyone who mm. has ever lived that's accepted eyewitness testimony. Yeah, and getting you know you'd have eternity yeah, share your to story. hear everyone's life story. Yeah. It, it's a, it's fun finding mm. a new person and hearing what yeah. their story mm. is. So being able to do that with you know billions of people yeah. that'd be pretty yeah. epic. Foot soldier in Napoleon's army. Mm. How, what was it really like? Yeah. And then uh, just perfect health, like you said too. I'm only 25, but still, I mean, I can, I can. Yeah. You can already feel, feel those aches. Yeah. <laughs> Very good, Dad. So I, I should have done this before we got started. Uh, I mean, you know, no offense to Jesus, but if you don't put Jesus, you don't look spiritual. <laughs> I know. Well, that was my problem too. I was going through. Like, I have to fit. I have to fit him on this yes, list. Yes. Let's get that so, out of the way. So, Jesus. <laughs> yes. Uh, food. Anybody that knows me knows that, yes. that that's got to be on the Rushmore. Yeah. Uh, marriage Supper of the Lamb, there's going to be pulled pork, I'm pretty sure. Uh, <laughs> and then number, uh, the next one would be relatives, uh, mm -hmm. like Brother Gavin said. 
I need to spend some time with my grandfather on my dad's side. Uh, he was a, a meat cutter, and I'm just curious, is that hereditary? <laughs> because, I mean, it's just part of me, and, and I just want to talk to him about it. I want to hear some recipes and things of that nature. Um, and then the wisdom side of it, you know, the, the, I, I just can't wait uh, to, to be free of my ignorance and be free of my sin and have availability, you know, to the wisdom that is there in heaven. Good. Um, so mine, I think we all, we kind of play off each other here. Like you mentioned, seeing Christ reign, I put Christ the King because obviously we all want to see Christ but, at, all, at, at all, but then to think of him actually ruling as Do you think there's going to be a moment when, there's oh. an actual moment when every knee bows and every tongue confesses in unison that Jesus Christ is king? That's the kind of thing I want to say. Right, yeah, exactly. Those, yes, those moments. And it kind of flowed into that was community. Because like, like during our worship services or during any worship services that I've been a part of, I always stop and think, like especially at Passion where there's, tens of thousands of people singing like this is a little glimpse of what mm -hmm. heaven's going to look like where we're all singing praises to Christ and like this is the kind of sounds we're going to be hearing and expecting and the feeling you know mm -hmm. and like those are the moments that I'm looking forward to have you ever heard the song the judgment mm, I'm sure I have but so it's an older song and I, I've YouTubed it a couple times it's hard to, to find a really good example of it uh, the very first time I heard it, Ron Owen, who has been a part of Revivals here years and years and years ago, but Ron Owen is one of the finest singers that we have in our association. He walked up to the mic, and he's about this tall, as wide as he is tall, and he sang that song, The Judgment, at a national association. I mean, everybody was standing by the end of it uh, because the song talks about the devil's judgment, mm. and it, it's a ceremony. Mm. You know, All is Sentence, still, heaven is silent. Sense. When the mighty judge ascends the throne. Amen. Good stuff. Good stuff. Not a part of my Mount Rushmore, but good stuff. Uh, then I also <laughs> have always been interested in angels and like what they look like, the exact roles they play, how we're going to interact as, as um, in heaven together. I've always been interested about that. And then, like and then I also... <laughs> are they going to be like the, the, guy, the guards at England? And that they don't move and we're just going to try oh. to make them smile? I'm just curious. That'd be yeah. funny. There might be a few of them. Um, and then also, like we've said, the past heroes of the faith, talking to them, getting yeah. their stories. I've always thought that'd be something interesting, too. Although I'm not good at talking to people. I get scared. But, yeah, so that was, that was our Mount you Rushmore. You won't be scared in heaven. No but if no it's part of my personality, this is a whole other story. Let's get over to a <laughs> mystery topic because we're already a little bit behind. Oh, that's shocking. No. <laughs> So, do we have the wheel up? I forgot to get the wheel up, Brad. If we, oh, if we you do. You only thank gave you. two minutes to Mount Rushmore. No, I didn't. Oh, according to my thing. Here oh, yeah, go. I did. <laughs> oh. There's a conspiracy I've never won. So, so of, of all the people, I thought, you know, I'm not going to pick, get picked. You don't have so one. So, I do not have one tonight. Well, I, and that's, okay. that's okay. Do we have a moment of shame sound for yeah. me? Admonish him. <laughs> we need to get the cowbell out and admonish. I thought we're starting all over. I, I, I won't get picked tonight. <laughs> oh, well, oh, Red. <laughs> Let's see. Let's do it until Dad gets it, because apparently he never gets picked. <laughs> I never get picked. 
on the first. Go ahead, Ryan, Ryan, do you have one? I do, and it okay. was mostly for him. Oh, let's hear it. Oh, well, let's, yeah, let's make it about him. So of I course. just had, I was curious, uh, I was talking to Tony this week, and he mentioned something about, you know, wanting to go to college and maybe seminary and stuff like that. So I was curious, what is the process, process or lack of need of process, however you view it, mm -hmm. of going to seminary, getting ordained, all of that before you are a preacher? Okay, very good. So, uh, how much time do we have for this? Uh, you got eight minutes. All right. Um, the the first answer to that is every denomination does it differently. The the Baptist and specifically BMA Baptist, we put a heavy burden on the individual. You've got to tell us that God is calling you to preach. Then when that person says, "Okay, I settled. I know it." then we point them to education. They don't have to do it. Some of the finest preachers of our day have never, quote, unquote, been to, you know, preacher school. I did not go to seminary. I went to a, a Baptist Bible college, and I got a four-year degree in uh, pastoral, wait a minute, Bible, and a minor in pastoral studies. And... Um, course they've come a long way in 35 years and now seminary you already have to have at least a AA 60 hours before you can go into seminary and that's what messes a lot of guys up that they want to go to seminary but they really don't want to go get a general ed you know before they go excuse me I believe our particular seminary we've only got one excuse me again in Jacksonville Texas they're trying to lessen that or at the very least, they're trying to make it possible to get the 60 hours that you need through them so that you're still going to seminary. And so um, the, you know, I, Benjamin and I, I can, in my mind's eye, I can take you to uh, where we were at in the house when we were talking about this very thing. And he had already tried college and, and it didn't go well. And so he was trying to get back into it or, or figure out what to do. And he finally after he looked at the cost and he looked at the distance and he just said, Dad, I, I just think I need to go pastor. And, and I said, well, here, here's what I'm going to tell you. Uh, and just like I've already said, I, I'm not one of these that believes you have to go to education, meaning seminary or Bible college. You have to, have, however, get an education. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, you've heard this and, and it's, I'm using this in the colloquial sense uh, you're either going to go to a certified college or you're going to go to the College of Hard Knocks. And, and that is going to a church without... And sometimes both. Or sometimes both. That's exactly right. And I told him, I said, Benjamin, and just because we're calling it the School of Hard Knocks, that doesn't mean it's bad. Mm -hmm. It just means you need to, to go in there and, and learn. You know, uh, I, and I'll tell you, for a preacher... The greatest thing to happen to a preacher is to have to create a message every seven days and, and, and then have to create two messages every seven days if you have a PM service at the church you're at. And then if you do a Wednesday night service to create three, you know, messages. Now, all of a sudden, guess what? If, if you're going to be a, a person of integrity, you're studying God's word, a ton of it, uh, because you're wanting to feed these people, you know. Um, and so... I don't know if that answers your question, but no, it's, it does. It, yeah. So the the and to be, get a little more detailed, the first step is for the person to say, "I've been called. 
the next step is for the church to license them. By, and what they do is they say, we did this with Benjamin, and if, if Tony follows up on this, we will do that with him. Once the church is ready, the church has to be ready. The church has to believe, yes, we see God's hand on him, and we want to throw our name behind this young man. That's pretty important. And so once he's licensed, then he'll go out and he'll preach and fill pulpits and things of that nature, and that's an education of its own and as such. But then after that, if he gets called to a church, then the mother church ordains him. And we're doing that this Sunday with Brendan Sanders uh, at 2 o'clock. You're all welcome. Uh, the deacons know about it. The ordained folks are going to go, hopefully, Lord willing. Uh, and we're going to... So the only other thing I wanted to say, you know, that, that individual preacher has to determine, is God calling me to a formal Christian pastoral education? If he is, then you, you just got to find one and go. Very nice. Awesome. All right. Well, that's perfect. So we can move on to our next segment, which is famous or really just movie quotes. They don't have to be from famous movies. And I say this because one of mine is not from a famous movie, but it's one of my favorite movies. So we're just going to share one or two, and then we can talk about it. This one is kind of a free form. It was supposed to be a game where you guess where the movie's right. from, and we can do that L- if we let's want. Let's try it, yeah. Okay. Okay, well, we can, we can do that. Go for it. Dad, you'll probably be the only one who can guess what this one is from. But I don't still believe you'll guess it. But Challenge here we go. Accepted. Yeah, Challenge accepted. Challenge accepted, yes. No one ever found victory in the dirt. I'm going to guess Aragorn, or uh, Aragon, however you say that, because I know you like that movie. Right. But it's <laughs> a good guess, but it's not, it's not Aragon from Lord of the Rings. Victory in the dirt. No, I got nothing. It is a fantasy movie I th- I with dragons. I th- that's the one. I'm not Aragorn from Lord of the Rings. It's There's a dragon movie called like Aragon. Well, or it's probably Dragonheart. Oh, Heart. I see which one you're talking about. It's not that one. It was, yes. What was it? Dragonheart. Dragonheart. So that's this is said. Favorite. Oh, <laughs> favorite movie. And it's a good movie. Yeah. The sequels were terrible. The sequels were terrible. terrible. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. So it is from Dragonheart, which is from 1996, and it was said by Knight Bowen. And it's actually, I'm pretty sure, my Facebook profile That's the description. Only movie she wanted to watch. Dragon on, dragon on. <laughs> Anytime we rented and from. I usually like to watch movies over and over and over, mm-hmm. but I had moved on. Not that one. Not there. Yeah, All one. right. So I think I, I, we have said this for so long, and you, it, I couldn't remember, but I think I figured it out. We are going to die. That's my other one. Say something positive. We are going to die quickly. <laughs> so what movie is that? Do you not know? I think it's Toy Story. Oh, nope. I was thinking nope. it was Incredibles. Nope, neither of those. Is it uh, Indiana Jones? No, nope. all of you are wrong. What is it? It is from Scooby-Doo, number two, Monsters Unleashed, 2004. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I wouldn't got Yeah, that. and Impressed. so it's, it starts with was Shaggy. Was that one of yours too, though? Yeah, it was, because again, we, <laughs> we say, say it all it. the time. We are going to die! Because they're like falling in an in a elevator, and Shaggy is like, we're going to die. And Daphne's like, think positive. And he says, we're going to die quickly. And then Scooby smacks him, and he says, I needed that. So, yes, I had that. I, I went on the Google search to figure Very out good. where it was from. Yeah. So, that was so Dash says the same thing while they're falling out of the sky. In oh, the, okay. In the, in I was going to say, it's we're probably gonna die, been. We're going to die. We're going to die. You're right. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. <laughs> Your turn. All right, I'm going to read it. You 
You don't, don't look at my I'm screen. Okay. <laughs> I said I didn't have much use for one. I never said I didn't know how to use uh, one. That's a Quigley yeah. down under. Yeah. The end of the movie. It's a yeah. Quigley. Fa favorite Western? Down under. I've never seen it. I wouldn't oh, have gotten you're them. kidding me. No, I'm that's not. That's a really why would good I, one to Why watch? would I kid yeah. about that? It's okay. a good I, I don't know. I got another one. Oh, yeah, go so ahead. are we going to do one at a time? Oh, we, it doesn't matter. We can go Let's have Ryan go, and then we'll come back around. Okay, so I, I had a lot of dumb ones. I mean, they're not really <laughs> like, get to the chopper, and yo, Adrian, I did it. All of those. Those are the ones I remember. Bring it down. That, yeah, you know, put the cookie down, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> I think we can like, all get to that tumor. It's not it's a tumor. It's not a tumor. <laughs> those are my favorite. I love, I'll say those all day, every day. But uh, I had one, and I'm sure you guys all know what it's from, but uh, let's see. So do all who live to see what such times, but that's not for them to decide. All we have to decide is what we do with the time that is given to us. Gandalf, Two Towers, oh, yeah. or, or mm -hmm. Return of the King. Uh, fellowship, isn't it? It's when they're in Moria. I think he's right. I think it's Fellowship. Fellowship. Yeah, because uh, they're sitting They're sitting in Moria, and Frodo is talking about Smeagol. That's and how he wishes right. The ring I'm, see, I'm him. getting that one confused with when he's trying to talk uh, Pippin, Pippin off the ledge. Yeah, yeah. that right. one, yeah. Right. Uh, yes. Okay. Gandalf. Yep. Oh well, let's let's go backwards. So I'll go get it. So it's going to go right along with Ryan's. Okay. I know it's all wrong. By all rights, we shouldn't even be here, but we are. It's like the great stories of old, the ones that really mattered. Oh, Full yes. of darkness, they were, and sometimes you didn't know how know the end, because how could the end be happy? How could the world go back to the way it was when so much has ha bad has happened? But in the end, it's only pa a passing thing, this shadow. Even darkness must pass. Samwise Gamgee. Oh, yeah. yeah, there's more. i got to scroll down here. <laughs> and that, was a good, that was a good Scrolling. monologue of Sam's. Yeah. Well, it gets we, better, we yeah. After the first sentence. Yeah, so <laughs> a new day will come. When the sun shines, it will shine out the clear. Those were the stories that stayed with you. They meant something, even if you were too small to understand why. But I think, Mr. Frodo, I do understand. I know now. Folks in, in those stories had lots of chances of turning back, only they didn't, because they were holding on to something. Frodo, what were they holding on to, Sam? That there's something good in the world, Mr. Frodo, and it's worth fighting for. Mr. Frodo. It's one of the greatest quotes ever. I yeah, like that monologue one is a favorites. really good one. So, of course, it happens right after you. I, <laughs> I've got two here that is killing me. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to read it but you might not get it by me just reading it. What are you doing? That's the quote. But when I say it the way he says it, you're going to get it. What are you doing? Oh, yes. Uh, <laughs> is that Blackbeard? Yeah. But no. Uh, no, not Barbosa. Barbosa, yes. Right. I was like, the B is right. But I can't remember. And, then, and then he follows no, that up with, doing. what's in your head, boy? Yes. <laughs> I say that to my sons all the time. <laughs> what's in your head, boy? Yes. Is that a bug's life? Or? No, 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 that's, that's still Barbosa from Pirates of the Pirates Caribbean. Of the Caribbean. Oh. Yeah, uh, so we're going to end on <laughs> another um, one ring to rule them all, one ring to find them, one ring to bring them all, and in the darkness, bind them. That's that's the fellowship. That's yeah. the Gandalf, fellowship, yeah. yes. Yes, so obviously our most famous movie <laughs> is The Lord of the lot. Rings. All right, well, we're going to segue that into this precarious moment. And we're going, like I said, to start our discussion on Israel. These chapters that we are covering, um, the goal of these chapters is to understand Israel historically and spiritually and to expose the evil of anti-Semitism uh, and to grasp the biblical rational for standing with the Jewish people and the state of Israel.
So uh, at the risk of just reading all this, which I don't think would make good radio type deal, uh, he makes a compelling argument at the beginning of chapter 25 uh, that essentially mainstream media, liberal colleges, and even some uh, liberal churches have bought in to this narrative that Israel is bad and that Israel is not to be supported. Right. They're racist. An uh, oppressor, human uh, rights oppressor, violator, right, right, all those minorities. things. And, 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 but then he, he says there's only one problem with these claims. They're not true. They're not true. None of them. So uh, they basically try to unravel in these two chapters uh, these unfounded charges against Israel. Uh, at one point he says, for starters, no nation is perfect. And isn't that the truth? Uh, Israel is not, nor does she claim to be, nor does anyone who know claim it for her. But neither is she guilty of the absurd charges leaped upon her or heaped upon her, charges sometimes innocently but often deliberately repeated, generally devoid of actual factual data. One thing, guys, that, that I have just been overwhelmed with, I heard this in college and really didn't believe it. I thought, yeah, maybe in 1940 this happened with Hitler, but Hitler is you know, quoted as saying, no matter how wrong or stupid or dumb something is, if you repeat it often enough, people will believe it. And somewhere around 1972, the liberal side picked that up and ran with it. They just say it over and over and over. And that's what they're doing with Israel. They're telling us over and over and over, we should not be supporting them. We should not be, you know, and, and, and as a nation, we're starting to believe it, you know, and the such. Um, and, it, and they, you know, point out that being pro-Israel does not mean that you're anti-Arab or anti-Muslim or anti-Palestinian. Um, it just simply means that the, you have the view of Israel that God sets forth in the Bible. Um, it also points out... Um, well, I'm not, I'm not going to worry about that one, but it's that Jews have been hated from the beginning and that the simple reason for this is that Jews remind people of the God of the Bible and there has always been and still is today strident oppositions to thinking about God. And I thought that was a really good point because especially in the next chapter when we read about some of the things that has been done against Israel, I just kept thinking, why? Like, why, like, don't, don't we want to fight for the underdog? And when you look at Israel, they make up, like, <laughs> 0.8 of the percent of the world. East. Yeah, like, of Middle the East Middle or, East, right, yes. Right, right. And so, like, they're the underdog. They're the smallest, but yet, and, like, they're the only one that is democra democratically run. Correct. Um, and and we, I thought we're supposed to be for democracy, but yet we are completely dogging on Israel. And, like, the fact that, and that and that makes sense. It's it's because they represent God and the liberals and everyone else does, and they don't want to think about God. Because if there is a God, then there is a clear moral law, and then they have to obey Him. So I thought it interesting that same part. If you read that, is if you take seriously the existence of the Jews, it means there is a God of the Bible. Well, who called, them, uh, who called them in existence? And if there is a God of the Bible, the Bible makes plain he also gave us a clear moral law. This means I need to obey him and can't do solely what I want. And as I was reading that, I thought, well, this is the same answer to why people hate the Bible. It's the same answer as to why people hate Genesis. 
You know, it's the same answers to why people hate the Genesis account of creation and the church is because, they, you know, when you're a sinner and you're happy in your sin, you don't want to hear that you're wrong. You know, I get that and I understand it. But but it is why uh, they they don't like Israel because Israel, if, if Israel is Israel, there is a God. Right. And it's why they have founded hipster churches and liberal churches mm-hmm. so that they can start putting their re- their sure. rhetoric against God and Israel into well, and it's the same thing that Israel did with the Christianity, if you will, of the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. They changed it the way they wanted it. Right. There, there's a tactic that goes on throughout history, and I think it's the same author or the same sponsor of this tactic, is to, to get a nation or people to make a mistake and then use that mistake to, to convince them they need to make more mistakes. Mm-hmm. Right. So when you cause someone to make a mistake that causes damage to their reputation or their, or their character, you can often use that mistake as a uh, lever to make them do more wrong, try to cover it up. We see that all the time. So right. the next thing is try to cover up my mistake. Next time is lie about my mistake. Right. Mm-hmm. Next time, David, in David's instance, he had to kill the person who would right. be uh, test. Uh, Eliminate witnesses. The witness to right. him, against him. So, so that tactic goes on in churches. The tactic goes on in neighborhoods. It's so easy to get that started, to, to make somebody make a mistake by harming them, stealing from them, lying about them, to get them started on a path that's destructive to everybody else. Mm. It's kind of like lighting a wildfire. So any institution that has people involved with it, it's easy to look at that individual, that person, or that flaw and say, this is a system that shouldn't be venerated or even considered, which is not true. There are principles that are worth pursuing and Unfortunately, people are involved, and those principles are not achieved in many cases. That doesn't mean the principles are wrong. Mm. In, the, in the case of Israel and the case of the United States, the principles that we're founded under are the liberating principles of mankind, right. and they're consistent with each other, the Judeo-Christian ethic, the Judeo-Christian uh, philosophies. We're allies with them in the philosophies and in our founding principles. But there's this ongoing machinery you, you buy the media, you buy the, the microphones, you buy the newspapers, and you, you begin this mantra of, oh, it's a terrible system, oh, it's terrible, look, this has failed here, this has failed here. Systemic which, racism. Which continually casts um, accusations on the, syst- the, the principles when it's true that there have been failures of people, but it's because they didn't hold to the principles. Right. Um, so... We've got to be careful that are we going to be stuck in a system that's much worse, that print the, the principles are uh, totalitarian. Right. right. And that's in the totalitarian, totalitarian's mind, that's the principle, that, that's the chief um, system. And it's perfect because I say it's perfect. And, right. and you, if you don't do what I say, it, you have failed this system. Right, so right. You are the failure, not the system the itself. The system is perfect because I am perfect. Right. So we, we see that at work every day in the news. We're just we're talking about it there. So. Well, I, have y'all heard that uh, very soon you will not be able to cook a omelet on a <laughs> gas range? <laughs> I heard a little Lord bit Yeah, they're going to ban them. Mm-hmm. You know, so whoever they are, uh, the Governor Hochul in uh, New York has already said that 
all the new homes built in New York will not have gas ranges in them. Uh, and you just, you just kind of go, huh? It, 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 how did we get here? You know, I'm sure we got some people building these gas ranges, and I'm yeah. sure we got some people, you know, doing natural and, gas. And to it could it. actually be the cleanest energy source no that we doubt. have. No doubt. And it's the best way to cook. <laughs> even though I'm just telling you. Yeah, man. Uh, so, uh, so we probably don't have time really to jump into chapter 26 okay. tonight, um, which is fine. We just started the conversation, and there's this is just this chapter, so we will jump into that next week. There, there's a lot in there, so I didn't want to try yeah, to rush sure. through The information it. on Israel in here is outstanding. It is yes. outstanding. Yes, I like I said, when I was reading it, I was just in awe. I was enthralled with these two the, chapters, and there's a few the more. The next so. chapter that we're going to talk is going to make you want to Google Israel products and buy something from Israel. Right, and that's what start it supporting Israeli that's products. Right. Um, I do want to say a few things, Ryan, before you give us your word of wisdom, because we had some texts that I missed earlier. So <sighs> back from Mount <laughs> Rushmore, we have um, a hug from Jesus yeah. from Rob yeah. Pentagraph. That's what he's looking forward to hey. in heaven. And then for the movie phrases, I, I'm not going to try to impersonate the character, but the words, the quote is, do you hear the words that are coming out of my mouth? That's from Rush Hour. There you go. <laughs> yeah, I've never watched it. I'm sorry. I'm, yeah. I'm an uncultured swine here. I've never watched it. <laughs> so, well, good. Thank you guys for your text in it, texting in. Um, Ryan, why don't you go ahead and hit us with your word of wisdom? If you aim for mediocrity, you'll hit your mark every time. So aim higher. There you go. Okay. Thanks. But don't yeah. make a New Year's resolution. <laughs> dang it. <laughs> yes. Thanks for coming tonight. Invite your friends, neighbors, and relatives next week and share the word on your socials. Yay.